Welcome to the Ed Milet Show. This podcast is for those who want to do more, see more, and be more. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. Today is going to be incredible. Uh, i got to be honest with you. I've been in a lot of places. I get a chance to travel to some of the most beautiful places in the world, thank God. But I am sitting in one of the most overwhelming buildings I have ever been in in my life. I am surrounded by the most unbelievable car collection I have ever seen oh, in my on. life. No, it's a fact. <laughs> you know about exotic car collection. I am telling you, it's overwhelming for me. And the cool thing about today is we're going to talk, because you have your dreams too. This is one of this man's dreams. We're going to talk today about tactical steps of how you achieve the picture of your dreams in your life. And imagine this, I'm surrounded by Bugattis and McLarens and all kinds of other cars here. And the gentleman to my left ended up coming here from Iran when he was a little boy. This is a man who was homeless for a while in his life. This is somebody who worked, he went from Kmart to this someday. And so today's gonna be an unbelievable story. This man is sort of legendary on Instagram, but he doesn't oh, do a lot of you. these programs. And so you get to get into the brain and the story of the great Manny Koshman today. So thanks for Thank being you. here, brother. My pleasure, brother. This Thank is you. so cool. I mean, I, to be honest with you, we've been here a long time already because I couldn't get ready to sit down <laughs> and do the show because I was overwhelmed by the cars. So let's start out a little bit because I think most of my audience, now that they're seeing this scene here and see you, they're like, I've seen that guy before. But I don't know that they know a lot about you and how sure. you got here. And it's a great story. So. Talk a little bit, why don't we pick it up about when you were a teenager and, and how you even ended up in this country. Tell them that story sure. a little bit. So I'm from Iran. When you reach age 14 in Iran, the army kind of forces you, you know, to go in service. Mm. And most uh, kids that go to service, they get pushed on the mines because they want to save their tanks. Um, at least this is how it used to be wow. a long time ago. So my dad has six brothers and four of them are crippled. and two of them passed away from being injured in the war. No kidding. So when it was getting close to my 14th birthday, my dad suddenly decided to drop everything and you know, flee Iran. Wow. And with three of my siblings and my parents, obviously six of us, it was a super brave uh, thing for him to do. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could have the balls to do that. You I don't know? either. Okay, one of the yeah. reasons too, when people yeah. hear these immigration stories too, one of the things that I think people don't know, and I want you to talk about this a little bit too, is oftentimes men like your father have really great careers back home but mm. their degrees or things like that don't necessarily translate when they come to the united states as well so they take massive steps backwards financially Correct. don't yeah. they did that happen with your dad 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah so my dad was a senior cost accountant for the oil company wow. and then when the government you know the regime changed he didn't elect the new government so he moved out of the capital city which was tehran and we moved to a small city uh, named sabe and he opened a small little hardware store and bought a house, so middle class lifestyle. We weren't rich by any means, but you know, he was living comfortably until I got close to my 14th birthday, which he decided to hand everything to his older brother and, mm. and flee the country. We went to Turkey and my dad told his brother, sell everything, send me the money, but complications happened that mm. never happened. You know? so, so we he did we all this for you. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's, Amazing, and I think that's obviously what's been my driver for success. Mm. You know, I've always been uh, carrying that burden. You know, carrying the burden that you know everybody suffered because of me, mm. and uh, that really uh, turned me into a man early on. Mm. You know, at age fourteen, I was like, I had a lot of uh, you know guilt and pressure on me, 
And when we arrived here, it wasn't easy, obviously. We had a uh, little over $2,000. My dad was promised a job mm. at the gas station uh, by a friend. And when we arrived at their house, after two nights, the husband and wife got in a fight and they asked us to leave. Whoa. So at this point, and you have to realize my sister was six months old. Oh my gosh. So he's like an infant, you know. And then my, I was 14, my brother was 12, and my uh, sister is one year older, she was 15. Man. So we weren't like, you know, we were kids, mm. you know. So it was pretty tough. So we went to a motel, and then my dad called his buddy, he said, this is not right, you know, I counted on this job mm. to come here, and now that we don't have a house, and we don't have, you don't, I don't have my job either, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's left, you left me, you know, out cold. Mm. So he uh, drove us to his gas station. He used to sell used cars off of his lot. Yep. So my dad bought uh, a 1972 Datsun station wagon. And that was, became our house for a while. <laughs> it became your house for a yes. while. Yes. So let me, I want to just yeah. say, I want everybody to be picturing this because it's so cool when we end up getting to where you've arrived to, but where you come from. So your dad leaves Iran. You end up going to Turkey. You come here. He's got a job and a place to live. Two days later, he has neither. Yep. Right. And you end up then living in the Datsun as a family, all these people that you just described? Yes. Oh yes, my because gosh. my dad realized if you stay at the motel, we're going to run out of money. Oh my God. So my dad's like, okay, this is not going to, you know, he's an accountant. You can do the math. <laughs> right, you can do the math. <laughs> wow. It's like, so yeah, that was a, you know, dark period of my life. But um, I think I turned all that into motivation, you know. Hmm. Everything that's happened to me, I've had lots of my, you know, down points in life and and you gotta either, you know, let it break you or make you, yeah. you know? You, you made it make you, but I, when you're, you're 14, I'm, I mean, obviously there had to be tremendous anxiety for Absolutely, you, right? yeah, because I, mean, I didn't speak a word of English. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I was walking by the pool when we were at the motel for a few days, and there was a little boy walking by and give me the bird, you know, give me the finger, and okay. I didn't know, I was, I patted him. <laughs> And then there was a teenager came over. He goes, no, 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 that's not good. No, you had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what's the, you know, wow. he was flipping me off. Did your dad speak English? Yeah, he, is, he okay. was educated uh, in, you know, America years, years back mm. from oil company. He was, you know, traveling mm. back and forth and he had traveled abroad. And so he, is, he is spoke English, but that's about it. You know, One of the amazing things for me doing the show, because I grew up middle, I don't know if you call it lower middle class or middle class, I'm not sure, right? But one of the things that amazes me is the d disparity of backgrounds of people that win, that They're are successful. So wide. It's yeah. so wide, man. Yeah. And then, but for years, it's one of the, you are one of the great American success immigration stories. Thank you. And one of the reasons I do the show is, you know, there's these different faces of immigration you see on TV all the time. I, and, mm -hmm. and, and I put different faces of all different types of people. But when it comes to immigration, I just want you all to picture this. I mean, and, and obviously this still exists to this day, the discrimination of people that come from different countries or different religious backgrounds. Mm -hmm. But I gotta admit, I gotta figure that that finger you got was not the only form of negativity no. you got. <laughs> Did you get often bullied or pushed around or teased, etc., as a kid, just because yes. you were from Iran? Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, back then, you know, the hostage situation was still right. kind of- Pretty fresh. Yep, in people's minds, so, you know, I got, called all kinds of names, you know, camel rider, you know, sand, mm, you can yeah. you figure out the second, yeah, part, the second part, right? There's like a Stater Brothers parking lot around here that you still drive yes. by to this day, yes. isn't there? In Costa Mesa, yes. And so you've <laughs> driven by that Stater Brothers or into that parking lot in your Bugatti yes. or in your McLaren today 
but you were in a yep. different car there for a different reason back then. Just tell him that really quick. I want you all picture this in his head. Yeah, so 1985 is when we arrived here and we used to park the 1972 station wagon in that shopping center because, you know, we didn't want to drive around. So that's where we drive and we used to buy bananas every day. That was our source of food because it was the cheapest source of food. Incredible. You know, and my dad used to walk over and get the newspaper every day, look for the help, help wanted section to look for a job. Uh, after a few weeks, he was able to secure a job um, not far away as an accountant. And then after two weeks after that, he got his first paycheck. We were able to secure an apartment and moved into a two bedroom apartment in uh, Costa Mesa. In Costa yeah. Mesa. So that entire family was in a two bedroom apartment. Yes. It's incredible, brother. I just, I, just, I just love it. So one thing I wanna talk about today as we start the transition to the story, everyone, is you and I were talking about this off camera. You know, not everything you did worked. The incredible thing is also to have done well in sales as part of your career with the mm -hmm. deficiency of the language barrier yes. is another incredible thing. So there's all kinds of stuff this person's overcome. And when you're listening to this, you're driving in your car, you're watching this on YouTube, what's your excuse? We both started hustling as entrepreneurs or trying to do something very young. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing on social media today. It's like, hey, don't worry about your 20s or your teens. You know, you'll get around to it. And you may need to have patience those years, but you yep. should be after it. Don't you agree with that? 100%. As 100%. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, what builds you, your mentality, your mindset, uh, when you do that in your early teens or mm -hmm. 20s, is a lot different than when you're 40 and 50, trying yeah. to do that. You, it's very, what do they call it? It's, it's very uh, tough to teach a dog new habits. Yeah, right, an old dog, <laughs> because, new tricks. Yeah, yes. new tricks. So because, uh, you know, your mentality is built, developed, and then it's very difficult to change that at age 40, 50. It is. So it's very important early on, you know, to try to challenge yourself, um, you know, be like a sponge, you know, always look up for, to meet new friends. Mm. You know, I mean, if you find somebody that's, had a successful business for 20 years, you like that business, find three other guys like him, and now you got 60 years worth of experience and you're still in your 20s. It's a fact, you know? I agree with you, and that's it's what social like, yeah. media can do too, following the 100%. different people. That, make sure yeah. you follow the right people. It's one of the reasons Manny's on my show. This is a real American entrepreneur story. In multiple businesses, he's been successful too. And I kind of feel like, you know, I feel like you know, when you're young, you don't have those other, but those of you that are 40 or 50, listen, what do you have? Yeah. You've got experience. You've, you've, you're probably better at dealing with people than he and I were when we were 16. You have your advantages too, but those of you that have young people in your life, in your business, in your family, encourage them to be watching this because you see two 48-year-old guys now, but we're gonna now let you see the 16-year-old in Manny's case, right? So you started the hustle at about 16, did you not? Uh, about 14. 14, <laughs> we'll go back. So what were yeah. you doing at 14? So we moved to the two bedroom apartment and then I, every time I took the trash out, I realized people leave stuff by the trash can. By the, I'm like, why is this thing next to a dumpster? You know, it's a nice chair and a table and, mm. or a toaster. So I figured, hey, they, they probably bought a new one. They don't want it. So I would, you know, haul those back to my patio, you know? You're kidding me. No, and then by, by the weekend, we've had a full patio worth of furniture. And uh, we got a, a swap meet. Uh, we, got, we rented a space at swap meet across the street, which was Orange Coast College. And mm -hmm. we started with one space, and then it turned out to be three spaces. I expanded my business. You know, I was 14. <laughs> at 14? Yeah. So I used to get up early in the morning, like four in the morning, and go to all the you know dumpsters and pick up stuff. You know, I started with my own apartment complex where we used to rent. Yeah. Then and then I realized, hey, why don't we go? You know, over there, walk over to the next complex. Right. 
And then, hey, I was making, you know, a thousand bucks a month at 14 to 16 because I didn't have a work permit yet. So that was my first business, you know, picking, it's, it's cost of goods is free, right? So you pick up stuff and then sell a swap meet. The space I think was 10 bucks a space to rent, so it's nothing. I think some successful people do a lot of things well unconsciously. And it's not until you make them talk about yeah. themselves. Even someone is, one of the things I love about you is your humility and how humble you oh, are. Thank you. It's true, because for a guy who's got all this showy stuff, as a person, uh -huh. he's incredibly humble. Tons thank of humility. And we're both that way in the sense that we're both even a little bit introverted too, right? It's yes. interesting. We drive yeah. in these cars where people notice us, but privately yeah. we're both pretty introverted guys. Yeah. But you do things well that you take for granted. Not every 14-year-old was getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and was thinking about being yeah. an entrepreneur by then. So this is the journey. These are the thoughts of somebody who becomes successful. Then what happened? Is that when you, was it after that you got the job at Kmart? Was it somewhere yes. around that time? Yes. So my first legal job was Kmart. I was legal. pushing. <laughs> yeah. well, I was pushing shopping carts, cleaning the floors. Mm -hmm. I was a stock boy number 407. I never forget. Amazing. Yeah. So I was pushing shopping carts. So I excelled at it so well. I got promoted to assistant manager of sporting goods after under a year. But even then, I knew that's a stepping stone for me. I don't want to be working at Kmart. You know, mm -hmm. I want to make a lots of money. You mm -hmm. know, I had a vision, a much bigger vision. But I realized I got to start somewhere. I got to learn the language. I still didn't speak fluent English. Um, so I was always getting the newspaper, just like my dad did early mm -hmm. on, looking for better, you know, opportunities. So I found this company, WWI Worldwide Industries. It says earn, you know thousand bucks a week. I'm like, wow, I'm only making hundred bucks a week. Yeah. That's 10 times, you know? Right. So I called them and it was, of course it was a multi-level marketing okay. sales mm -hmm. and it was a door-to-door -door sales. You sell nuts. Sometimes, you know, they buy closeouts like knife sets. Yeah. And at the time they were selling nuts, you know? So I went and I quit my job at Kmart. I went working for WWI and after three months I became their top salesman. Mm. And one day I'm shopping with my dad at Price Club. Back then it was in Costco, you know, Price mm -hmm. Club. And I'm, I did a quick math. I'm like, hey, these cashews are three pounds for three bucks. That's a dollar mm. a pound. These guys are selling it to me for 250 a pound, mm. you know? So I have all my customers. Why do I need these guys? So I immediately started looking for a eight inch polyester bag and a sealer, okay. you know? And I, uh, within a week I closed, uh, I, I quit my job there and I uh, went to business for myself selling nuts. You, you basically bet your, made your own one that you were already a member of. You exactly. Yeah. So my company was called Unlimited Wholesale Products and I was 18 at the time. Man. Now I'm 18. So I'm still in high school, finishing my high school. I was driving a 1983 Honda Accord with a nice boombox in the back. It was always about the car even <laughs> yeah. back then. I love cars, you know. So I started making good money. I was used to go to pay phones and put, you know, make a thousand bucks a week and then you tear your phone, phone number in the bottom. So I had four employees by the time I was 18 and a half, close to 19, making four or five grand a month. Um, I had a small little office in a Stanton uh, in, yeah. in Orange County. And then one day I was waiting for my hamburger and I had a basket of my nuts, you know, uh, right by me. Mm. And I said, hey, you know, let me try to sell some nuts while I wait for my hamburger. Right. So I pitched this guy and he bought three bags for 10 bucks. And then he happened to be the health inspector for Orange County Health Department. So he was at my doorstep the next morning. Mm -hmm. He goes, hey, I checked my files. We don't see a health permit. I'm like, what health permit? I don't know. What you need a health permit? Right. Right. I don't know what he's talking about. I thought he was so happy he wants to come buy a box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he gave me a big packet, all the requirement. I took it home. Me and my dad read it. My dad says, oh, this, this you know, office is not going to qualify. Uh, it, it needs a lot of money. You, know? you got to mm. change the paint carpet. You know, it needs to be a food facility. 
you know. So I was forced to close my business down. And by, by then I had 20 some thousand dollars saved. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was 19 at the time. And my dad's friend, um, he was a broker selling gas stations and businesses. And he goes, you know, you guys could buy a gas station with the SBA loan, 10% down. And I don't know what he was doing, but he was obviously a fraud because oh. all my money was gone. Oh, no. I had to write a check for loan processing, this, that. My loan never came together and I lost all my money. You lost everything. Yep. The only good thing came out of it, I, the 3,500 out of the 20 grand I, I put up in that savings uh, that I had to spend was for mobile oil corporation. I went to Rancho Cucumanga for two weeks. So I became a mobile dealer. I have that plaque. Without the, deal, without the gas station. Without the gas station. Right. Yeah. So you got the <laughs> plaque out of it. So it was a $20,000 plaque. Yes. Yeah. So, so I was super depressed. Mm. I'm back to a square one. I got no money and I was super depressed. So one of the shops I used to sell nuts to, it was in Montebello. It was a Winston tire shop. Okay. And this guy, Ruben Padilla was the manager. You he loved the name. me. He used to buy a lot of cashews for me. So anyway, he, I called him and said, Ruben, you know, I lost all my money. I lost my nut business. I had to They shot me down. This guy conned me, took all my money. Sheesh. And then he goes, I'll give you a job. So he made me assistant manager. So I started working for Winston tire. I used to drive from Orange County to Montebello every day, get up five in the morning, there's a lot of traffic. Tons of traffic, everybody that doesn't live here. Yeah, yeah. so I did that for two years. That store became the, one of the top sales after out of 170 stores, mm. Winston Tire had. And, and he, they were gonna promote me to a manager and move me to a, a location that was doing poorly. But I'm like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna be back to Kmart. I don't wanna mm. be a manager yeah. you know, and work for somebody else. And after that, I was just, searching for more successful friends. Yes. Because you know? I, I, I want to get out of the circle. So you know? here's a key. You were searching for more successful friends. Yes. Yeah. I, I met this guy. He's driving a Porsche Cabriolet, wearing a Brioni suit. Mm. I'm like, whoa, what does that guy do? Yeah. I got to find out what he's doing. Yeah. So I found that he has a mortgage company okay. and a real estate company. And we had a mutual friend. And uh, I said, hey, you know, I, I want to get out of Winston Tires. And he goes, hey, I, lo I love your drive. Your you got fire in you, you know, I want to hire you as yep. a loan processor. Mm -hmm. So I worked for him for six months. I learned everything in loan business and I found a broker to partner up with because you have to be a broker to mm -hmm. open it, your own. So after seven or eight months, I opened my mortgage company. Okay, this stay in here for a second. Yeah. I, want to, I want to go back just for a second. I want to stay right in here because there's lessons I want to point out. Mm -hmm. The first one is by the time this guy is 22 or 23 years old, this, I want you to think about this from the swap meat business, right, to the nut selling business, mm -hmm. to your own business and the nut selling business. Yep. Just think through all of this, you guys, to being the, getting scammed and losing. I want you to see yourself in this story on the gas station, to working in the, at the tire store, to then working in the mortgage business, to then becoming an entrepreneur in the mortgage business. So what there's some success leaves clues. Number one, he's relentless and resilient. No matter what it was, no matter how who hurt him, he's constantly trying to move up in the world, everybody. There's no excuse, right? There's no story. It doesn't matter that you got scammed. It doesn't matter your boss isn't any good. He's acquiring skills. He's working his way up in the world through every single one of these steps. And he didn't let these letdowns. They yeah. hurt. He had. He's not telling you about when he went home with the 20 grand getting stolen and was crying and upset, but when he came back, right? So, but the other thing for those of you that have jobs, he was constantly looking for how to own what he was doing. I was, was, I was climbing the mountain. Yes. You, know? you gotta climb awesome. that mountain, yeah. And you can't pour the water down the mountain if you're nope. not at the top, right? Exactly. That's your thing. <laughs> you think I don't listen to your content. So you well, know. I left a lot out too. I, yeah. I, I, at some point before the nut business, I, I went and worked for LA Times. Jeez. So I used to go sell the, the, back then they had the front pages, the big books, they used to give it to you for free. So I used to knock on doors 
they used to drop me off at an intersection and say, I pick you up in three hours at, you know, five blocks, right? Mm. So I used to knock every single door. Hey, you know, we have a special front pages gift if you sign up for subscription. Mm. And that was a tough, you know, selling all these things. I mean, I still think I suck at sales, but it still <laughs> teaches you to communicate, break that fear barrier. Sometimes you're a little bit shy. I'm still shy, you know? Yeah. But still, it, 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 it teaches you a lot when you interact with people yes. because every single door I knock was different. Yep. And I think you know? everything is yeah. sales. Everything 100%. is, everything is yeah. persuasion. I mean, even today yeah. what we're doing is a form of sales. When we went yeah. around and you described the cars to me, yeah. it's kind of a form of sales. True. It's sort of a form Very of, true. it's a yeah. form of communicating. Not enough people put themselves in these like incredible, uncomfortable situations. Yeah. But when, see that story is normal to you, but for the people listening or watching this like, whoa, by the time this guy was 24 years old, he'd yeah. done a lot of stuff, yeah. like multiple lifetimes yeah. of stuff. Here's what I want everyone to be equating. Look at him and put hustler. Hustler, right? Hustler. This dude outworked everybody. This dude outworked everybody. There's a lesson here. Hustle, yeah. hustle, hustle, regardless yeah. of the results, right? Yeah. yeah, the sad part is everybody thinks I was lucky. Yeah. Right? What part of the story so far you think I was lucky? There was no right? luck in there. And then I even got my insurance license because I heard wow. this guy was, you know, driving a Mercedes and he's an insurance uh, broker. Mm. I'm like, wow, that's so before mortgage, I got into insurance too. So I'm like, I told my partner that uh, was bro my broker and he said, hey, um, you know, business is a slow, I'm gonna venture off into something else. You wanna come? He's like, okay, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was nice, yeah. you know, I don't wanna like, yeah. you. so we opened a 79 cent store. So first a store that was below 99 cents, you know, and that was 10,000 square 79. feet. Yeah, so okay. I was always thinking out of the box, you know, you yeah. gotta come up with something different, right? Yeah. So we did that, that was great, uh, but by 97, 96, 97, Food for Less opened right next to us. And then my sales went down 50% uh, on their grand opening. Yeah. On the first day they opened. Mm. So it went down and I'm like, whoa, where is everybody in my store? And everybody's over there and so So I start putting money back into the supermarket. Mm. And after two years, I was negative net worth. I after lost two years, everything. negative everything. Negative. Mm. So I sold my house, I had two cars, I have a Lexus, I had a Mercedes 500 SL. Sold those. All my friends, family, I said, just file bankruptcy. You mm. know, in this country, it's okay. You know, people mm. file bankruptcy and then you build your credit mm. back up three, four years. I'm like, no, bankruptcy is like, to me, is death. Mm. Because by then I had a mortgage company, right? Mm -hmm. I knew credit's the most important yeah. thing. I'm underwriting all these people's mm -hmm. loans. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for late fees, collections, yep. FICO scores, you know. I said, no, that to me, I'd rather die before I file bankruptcy. I'm like, I'm losing money anyway. Why don't I just lose more money, get the volume up? So I ran a full page ad in La Opinion, which is their yep. Mexican newspaper. And it was expensive. But I'm like, you know, I'm losing 10 grand a month anyway. Let's just make 20 grand a month. I'll just, you know, delay my vendors a little bit, yep. you know, shuffle money around. And yep. That's what I did within, uh, within a year. I sold the business. I almost doubled the sales and two Korean guys bought it and uh, for $185,000. You got out. I got out, but I owed 180 grand on my credit cards. So I was still negative net worth, but I wasn't negative net worth. I mean, by the time I paid all my accounts payable, I was probably washed. What you did that's a common trait of people that are successful is they're not, they don't need to know everything before they jump in, before they Correct. take action. And Correct. for a lot of people that are watching this, what's held them back is they have this thing in their mind. There's this threshold. Once I know enough, then I'll go sell. Once I know enough, then I'll go start yeah. the business. Once I know enough, once the risk is limited. And I'm not saying don't learn things, but you'll always be waiting. Yep. And yeah, so, you never pull that trigger. Yeah. So, so how did you, 
By the way, this guy now owns all kinds of different businesses, men, immensely successful in the real estate business, two million Thank plus you. two million square feet of commercial uh, uh, square feet that this man owns now. When did the break happen? When I was trying to sell my supermarket, I used to go, I worked 12 hours and then I used to go to 24 hour fitness, run on the treadmill, mm. and guess what I was telling myself? I'm gonna sell it, I'm gonna sell it, I'm gonna sell the supermarket, I'm gonna file bankruptcy. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I sold the supermarket. Then I started doing day trading. I turned that to six hundred some thousand dollars. Mm. I took the money out September 1999. All my friends told me you're crazy. Mm. You know, they were making a couple of million bucks on AOL stock alone. Yeah. Some of my friends because that split three, four times. Mm. And I took the money. I left 80 grand in there. I took six hundred thousand dollars out. I went and bought two homes and a shopping center with it. And guess who helped me? Mr. Williams. Oh. I called Mr. Williams, my landlord, and he put me in touch with his broker. He goes, help this young man and uh, show him what you would show me to buy. And then I started my real estate uh, investments. That was yeah. the beginning. It's interesting, yeah. man. Life is so interesting because in hindsight, everything happens for us, not to us. All, Correct. all yeah. of our failures, as long as you believe that, right? And so it's incredible to me to think it's ironic but the swap meet business that stopped, that turns into you know all these other things from the nut business to the newspaper business to the mm -hmm. tires to the mortgages to the gas station to the the seventy nine cent store, all of that led you to Williams, which yep. leads you to this breakthrough in your life. It's like that's why you have to keep driving down the road of your life, everybody, yep. because there's the point where it all adds up. And then when you win, I have mine too. I go, yep. that was why it all happened for me. Exactly. And, and people, now nah, people call that luck. Mm -hmm. There's no luck, mm -mm -mm. you know? It, I mean, I never give up. I keep trying, trying, trying. And if you just take action, and you, you know, I made a recent post on my Instagram saying, if you can't figure out what you want to do in life, don't worry about it. Just do what's in front of you right now, right? Yes. And then, but with the, with, the, with the vision of this is a stepping stone and always be on the lookout for a better opportunity. Mm. So just be active, you know, because if you're sitting around constantly asking people, oh, you know, what's the next business? Oh, it, this business is bad. I'm gonna wait for this guy to come from Korea. He may have a better business for me. And you're just sitting around doing nothing. You're mm. idling. Mm. If you're idling, you're not going nowhere, trust me. Would you tell them what your rule was for buying the first Bugatti? Like what you had to have in your possession before you would buy one? Do you remember talking about that oh, before? Yeah, I told myself uh, I would only buy an expensive car. It wasn't a Bugatti. Okay. You know, if I go buy 10 of them cash, okay. I would go buy one. Okay. You know? But my uh, Well, so once you could buy rule, 10 cash, yeah. if you could buy 10 of them cash, then you'd buy one. Yes, but my golden rule was I would never spend a you know, principal. You know, mm -hmm. I, I invested in real estate and I had well over $20 million in real estate when I bought my first supercar, which was 1990, uh, 2005, I bought an F40, mm. Ferrari F40, wow. for $325,000. Of course, I paid cash for it, and uh, I just got my uh, dealer's license because I wanted to accumulate you know, a lot of exotic mm -hmm. cars. My neighbor was an exotic car dealer. Mm. He goes, you should get your dealer license because you may get tired of it, you wanna sell it, mm -hmm. and it's a good business, you can make money. I'm like, okay, so I got my dealer license and I didn't know my insurance doesn't cover my cars. I have to get a special insurance, mm. right? Mm. So um, anyhow, long story short, um, I had a mess have with the car and I, 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 lost, <laughs> I lost the car. Yeah. I took it for a spin and I didn't know it's an old car. You gotta warm up the tires and gearbox. <laughs> and I, you know, I, the gearbox locked and I, I spent, I hit a tree. But oh my goodness. Luckily nothing happened and yeah. nobody was involved, it was just yeah. me. But it was an expensive lesson. So there's uh, lessons yeah. here yeah. though. You're talking about a very wealthy man here who's not used debt to acquire the 
toys of his life, he's used debt to grow his net worth, which I think is a significant tip, number one. Yeah. And then I'm curious about you. I want to go into you here for a second. What do you, you said I had big visions and dreams. Mm -hmm. And I think people say that often. But when you were like 23, 24, if you wouldn't mind showing them yeah. this, I think people right now, you're gonna to begin to see what having a real dream and a real plan mm -hmm. looks like and how life is incredible. So I know a lot of you think, yeah, I got plans and visions. I always tell people, how specific are you? Is it yeah. written down? How often do you review it? So oh, that's the most important so can thing. I, can yeah. we please, because yeah. this is going to be, <laughs> a, I mean, unbelievably revealing right. for people. Show them a little so, bit about what this is here. Yeah, so Manny. this was my vision, my dream book or vision board, if you want to call it. I drew this in 1994 or 95, and back then I was 23 years old. So 1994-ish, yes. you're yes. 24 years old, roughly. Yes, 23. Okay. okay, 23 years old. This is what he drove out of his vision. So show him, just describe a little bit, because there's yeah. audio listening to this as well. Sure. Right, sure. So it's a big mansion with lots of palm trees, mm -hmm. And uh, it's got a four-car garage. There's a Mercedes parked in there, Lexus, a Ferrari, and a Diablo a Lamborghini. Lambo. <laughs> a Lambo. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Yeah. And back then, I still dreamed of cars, you know, sure. expensive cars. But the uh, funny thing is my house now is double lot. It has, I think, 10 or 12 palm trees. King palm tree is huge. And uh, it has a huge pool in the backyard like this. You guys. And it has a staircase. I'm not kidding you identical to this. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I get goosebumps. Yeah. I, get, I, I do too. This is almost spooky and we're feeding in footage on YouTube yeah. and you all can see his home. But he drew this as a young man when he had no money. This is during the phase that you just heard him describe earlier with all these setbacks. He's still dreaming. Yeah. He's still envisioning. This is unbelievable yeah. to me how much it looks like your life. Yeah, so I used to write my uh, profit losses statement, how much I owe on credit cards, how much my story is doing. This is when I owned the supermarket. And this is October 1994, so I was 23 years old. My gosh. And aside from business, uh, writing financial plans, I even... Detailed financial notes yeah, here, guys. Yeah, I, I even drew my future wife. Look at this. So this was 1995. You guys. Uh, I drew this, and uh, doesn't this look like my wife It now? looks like <laughs> Layla. It looks like Layla. So you yeah. guys, we're putting a picture yeah. up on the screen right now. Those of you listening yeah. to audio, there's a woman he sketched here that if she were missing right now, this would be the sketch they'd <laughs> use to find her. It's unbelievable how identical it is. His life he drew yeah. up and over, he was on a, he, he's only done a couple of shows. He was yeah. on the show recently <laughs> and he talked about this. People were like, ah, you didn't really have these plans. Yeah, so, so I went, spent two hours looking for it because it really bothered me. Yeah. A lot of people commented, oh yeah, you made up, you know, all this story about the picture, mm. where's the picture? I'm like, I'm gonna go find it. There, yeah. There's yeah. the picture. So you guys, this is, these are the things successful people do. Like, I'm weird, like to this day, I'm on my plane or before that when I didn't have a plane, I love sketching out dreams. I love yeah. writing out, I call them possibility projections. Yep. What's possible? And You're I write programming them yourself. You're programming yourself. Your subconscious is working in the back and mm -hmm. then a few years later, maybe 10 years later, you're like, you have that same thing. But I didn't even know I drew this picture of this woman yeah. until I found this book. I'd forgotten. See, isn't that funny? You're, but, you're on another yeah. key. You're going to point to your, he's pointing to yeah. his head, by the way, about the unconscious, yes. right? So I have the same experience. I just want to say this to you. It's incredible to me how many of the things I dreamed about and messaged to myself. And became reality. And that by like with you. But then yep. at, there was a point where I had forgotten about them. Mm -hmm. but it was in that unconscious mind, my subconscious. So while, working, I, yeah. while I consciously forgot about it, yep. my subconscious and unconscious didn't, and I worked towards materializing these things. And I've done the same thing. I've looked back at plans, I'm like, 
whoa, I forgot you I even thinking, wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing feeling It's amazing, you? yeah. One of the reasons I'm getting on this social media platform because mm -hmm. I like to share my story as much as I can yep. because I know there's a lot of 14-year-olds out there that maybe immigrant or even you know born here that they take their freedom for granted mm. and they're not really striving to better themselves. Yeah, you know? well, I want you all to be following uh, Manny on his Instagram. How do they find you? Manny Koshman, just my name. We'll put it Actually, up on the yeah. screen on yeah. YouTube. By the way, one of the cool thing about Manny's social media is it's visually appealing too because you're gonna see beautiful places and beautiful cars and beautiful people. But the other thing too that you do that I like is that you're gonna start to help people um, turn their dreams into something real as well, right? Yes. So talk a little bit about this. You've got a couple books that you've written and then there's an ebook yep. as well. So just tell them a little bit about this. The ebook's really interesting to me because you're doing yeah. that for free. Yes. So, so this book is going to be an ebook and this is a simple short book that's going to tell you how I made my first million dollars. Mm -hmm. And my first book that I came out with but was back in 2011. And this was how to build your $100 million real estate portfolio. portfolio. And this is uh, Manny Koshman's Contrarian Playbook, how to make your first $100 million real estate portfolio. It's a little bit more advanced, and that's why I got the free ebook for you. My latest book is called Driven, and this covers more of my bio and family and my journey. So you can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. My sense of meeting you is like, uh, I get it. I get it. I, I yeah. understand it. I, 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 I knew we'd be really good friends and I think you said yeah. the same thing. Like I just knew. But what I, I love about you, one of the things I love is, you, I just did a video about this recently about just like really hungry. Like really hungry. And what makes people really unique is they maintain that fire and hunger as they're succeeding. Mm -hmm. So when I look at you, I see a guy who's got life momentum. Like you said, I never, I want to be rich, but yeah. I'd be this rich. That's because every level you got to, you got hungrier. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yet most people, when they get to a different level, and everyone listening to this should be, whether that's that next promotion or a little bit more money or a certain amount yeah. of savings. They get or the complacent. House, they do. Yeah. They get comfortable. You know, and I say when you get comfortable is when you stop growing. Mm. You know, and when you stop growing, you know, it's you're not being, you know, productive mm -hmm. in life. Do you, uh, can we talk cars for a minute? Sure. Because people listen to be like, you didn't ask this dude about cars. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you, so the difficult question is, these are probably like children in some sense for yes, you, all of these different- they're my second family. They're you literally just like, do you ever come in here and just talk to them? <laughs> just uh, kidding. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So is there, has there been, everybody, this is yep. so cool right now. Has there been a favorite? Are you allowed to say that? Like, has yeah, there been? Okay. Absolutely. Well, favorite in sense of, you know, different aspects of the okay. car, like driving, design. Mm -hmm. My favorite driving, daily driving car or, on a track or on the street, you know, it's a P1, McLaren P1. Okay. That one gives me the most thrill, you know. I, you know, a car is a perfect balance of design and, and performance, in my view. And in terms of detail and design and uniqueness, I would say the Pagani here, this one is like the Picasso on wheels, mm -hmm. you know. And every little stitch is all, you know, done by hand at the Hermes factory. Oh. So it's kind of like having, you know, 150 Birkins in, in, one, in one car, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. all that detail work that goes in mm. it. And then in terms of power and just sign of success, I would say Bugatti. Yeah. You know, Bugatti is the most luxury. How many Bugattis company. have you owned? Uh, three. Three. And you've got two currently. We're I got sitting two right and I got one coming. Yeah, you got a real one coming yeah, too. Can you tell them a little about that or not? Sure. Yeah. So that you one won't is listen been, to this. Yeah. yeah. So the, the Bugatti, I got Hermes, um, 
designers and Bugatti together and we've designed a one-off interior mm. and exterior uh, color uh, on a Bugatti Chiron, 1500 horsepower. And that's gonna be uh, in finishing in production probably September, October this year. So it's been, it's gonna be four years by the time I get the car. Wow, <laughs> it's a long time to wait. And a lot of people say, why don't you just, you know, I could have had the first Bugatti probably in California. I put my deposit, you know, one of the first guys I put a deposit on a Chiron. But I told him, look, I, you know, I want something super unique. I want a one-off. And this one's a one-off. It actually has, it says one of one Whoa. dressed by Hermes. Oh. So it's got unique seats, unique interior, obviously all the leather hand-stitched by Hermes, uh, painted wing by Hermes oh. horses. So yeah, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I get me, excited about that car. He's showing me pictures. I mean, yes. I, I'm excited for that car. I am yeah. going to sit in the passenger seat of that car. At least 100%. For, at least for two months. We're gonna go for a lot of rides. I, I can't <laughs> wait, brother. I can't wait. So, and then there seems to be a fascination with McLarens to me. Yes. So what's the I, story with you and McLarens? Well, I have uh, five SLR McLarens. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> did you all, yeah. You're driving in your car right now. Did you hear what he just said? I have five SLR McLarens. So. Well, that to me is a, 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 you know, I look at this as investments as well. Mm -hmm. I want people to know that, you know, I'm not just going out and buying every car. I think it's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm very strategic. Mm -hmm. I, I have a passion for cars, but I also, it's, it's a lot of money. You know, I have yep. almost $35 million in cars with the cars that are coming in. That are coming that, in. Yeah, so I got $17 million worth of cars come in, and I have about 18 to $20 million right now here. So that's a lot of money to park. I don't care how much money you have, of that's course. a lot of money, because sure. these cars are expensive to maintain. Uh, you know, a Bugatti, you know, oil change is $24,000. You know, I just changed shocks on this car, it was $130,000. $130,000, so yeah. you could buy a Ferrari, or you could yeah. change the shocks on shocks a Bugatti. on a Bugatti. Yep. Everybody's starting to hear yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> tires on a Bugatti are $38,000 for a set of tires. And they recommend every two years for you to change it. Mm. So you add that times three Bugattis. That's mm. a lot of tires. <laughs> you know what's cool? I, I, I want everyone to hear this because yeah. there's people like me and you and a lot of the people are like, wow, they're car people. Or they love hearing about this because you can't even get close yeah. to these kinds of things. But I see something even more. I see happy people find passions. Yours happens to be an incredibly Cars. expensive. Your passion could be painting, your passion could be the yep. ocean, your passion could be knitting. I mean, it could be anything, yeah. it could be, but it, life is about finding that thing that you love, right? And. Like it, your face changes when yeah. you talk about Layla, yeah. Enzo, Priscilla, and, and the cars. cars. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it true? Very true. It's yeah. really true. Was there yeah. any element for you? People have asked me this about like my homes or my jet and stuff. And one of the reasons I want the people that do want to be financially successful to listen to this part of it is, for me personally, when I first started to get a couple nice things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, by the way, remember what he said earlier, he could write a check for 10 of them before he'd write a check for one of them. So you don't ever do this prematurely because the worst thing in the world is have a nice thing yeah. and have pressure to pay for it. Absolutely. It, yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes all the fun out of it. You it know, when you can't sleep at night. It <laughs> does. And, and I, I yeah. think it does. I've been there where I got something prematurely and I couldn't even enjoy it because of the pressure of being able to pay for it. So wait, yeah. everybody. But on the other hand, I want to ask you this. For me, the first couple nice things, whether it was my first nice suit or you know the first Mercedes I bought that mm -hmm. I could afford, I think it helped me be more successful. And I, people don't ever oh, talk absolutely, about this. Yeah. I started to think like a richer man. Yes, Just absolutely. touching the dream. Did that yeah. happen to you? 100%, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's all about being, building your mindset, mm -hmm. your, you know, your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And you know, if, if you see self-improvements, not even just with cars, with your own body, you know? When mm -hmm. you go work out, 
do you feel better when you come out of gym all pumped up yeah. or do you feel better when you haven't worked out for a month yeah. of course you know you when you go to gym yeah. you know you're building your you know something happens when you see changes in your body with your assets when you see even gaining a good friend I have my down days, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you do too. So We're all course. human, you know, yep. you could have all the money in the world. You're still going to have a bad day. You, yeah, know? Absolutely. You, you don't know what's going to cause it, but you know, you do. And you know, for me, working out is great. I have a personal trainer three times a week. And then when I don't have my personal trainer, I just get out of bed and drop on the floor and do 20 push-ups, 30 push-ups. I do it until I can't do it anymore. Mm. And then I hit the shower and I feel great, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, it's just keeping the fluids going, you know, yeah. your mind fresh. Yeah. Because workout not just improves your physics, mm -hmm. it also helps your mind. You Agreed. Know? And uh, sometimes it helps your mentality more than your physique, but people don't realize it, you know. Mm. It helps you focus, you know. A couple more questions. Yeah. If it all went away? No big deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually, sometimes I, I get excited to a struggle again. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No, yeah. it's not crazy. Yeah, I like suffering. Sometimes, you know, I miss it. <laughs> oh, you know what you are? You're like yeah. this dispensary of gems that you don't even know you're dispensing. You just said oh, something that's you. a common trait, brother. Yeah. And that is, if it went away, I'm okay. That's, that's a real entrepreneur. Second one is, I kind of enjoy suffering. Yeah. I think that all yeah. successful people, you know, you're, yeah. you have a relationship where you guys know Kobe. And so without getting any more than that, he enjoyed the suffering. Absolutely. I think when you yeah. accept you're going to have to suffer, almost the hard part's over with once you accept that that's part of it, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, you're already winning, you mm -hmm. know. It just hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah. wow. It's so yeah. good, brother. Yeah. So, it's so good. So I guess last question. If someone was fortunate enough to get to do what I did today, and they were a, uh, an entrepreneur. I don't care mm -hmm. if they're a 65-year-old entrepreneur. Since mm -hmm. I've been, man, I heard what Ed said earlier about renting my life. I want to own my life again. Uh, but maybe they're not ever going to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're they're 20 years old, but they'd like to become one. They've, excuse me, they've never sure. been one before. They said, "I'd like to turn my life around. Mm -hmm. I'd love to walk in somewhere, my own building that you own here, and have all these cars, yeah. or have my version of heaven." Sure. And but I'm a little bit lost right now. Would you send them back to that notepad of yours? What would your advice be? If they could get two minutes with Manny Koshman, mm -hmm. what would he say to them in order to turn their life around? What would your advice be to them? Well, first of all, work out. Start working out. Mm. Build your mindset. Write your goals down. I mean, what's your long-term vision, right? Mm. I mean, you can't travel across the country in the dark. You know, you got to know where you want to go, right? Mm. And so writing your goals down, start working out, improving your physique, your mind, uh, get knowledgeable, uh, surround yourself with new set of friends that can teach you something new. Mm. But at the end of the day, gear up to invest in real estate. Mm. doesn't matter what trade you're in. Mm. You know, you wait for recessions. When something drops 40%, buy it. Yeah. You know, and just wait. It's mm. going to come back up that 40%. You just made 40%, just not now. Just wait, you know, mm. four or five years. You already made it. You mm. make your money on the buy, you know. Mm. Yeah, Very and that's my first book I wrote, yeah. So I made all my money in recessions. I mean, I'm actually, I don't enjoy this upswing we've had. It's been very depressing for me because mm -hmm. I make my money in recessions. Everything you see that in real estate I've accumulated, it's been, you know, the building you're sitting in here, I bought this in 2011. Mm -hmm. It was bank owned, boarded up. Mm -hmm. I bought it from Wells Fargo for 3.1 million or 3.3 million. Right. It's worth 
triple that. Now. Worth triple. And yeah. by the way, without saving the location, would you tell me about that one building that was possibly a third time for you? Would you mind sharing yeah. this story? So there was a high-rise building I bought in 2005, uh, two high-rise buildings in 2005, I bought in Houston for 34 million. Uh, I, sorry, I bought it for 27 million, sort of for 34 million in 2007. And then I bought it back from mortgage servicers um, in 2011. And I sold it in 2014 for 36 million. Mm. And again, it's getting foreclosed, so I may buy it for the third time. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's in Gareth's World Book for the same guy to buy the same building three times. <laughs> that would be unbelievable, but, right? I, um, I, I think uh, there, there's so many gems and so many tips today. There's just, you've just said so many things that fascinate me, but the thing that fascinates me the most about you, brother, is when I walked in here, because I knew a little bit of the story, to think a young man from Iran ends up coming here and in a couple weeks is living in a car with his family. Do you not see the metaphor of this? You lived in a car and now... And now I got, yeah, all this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm, you know, hoarding these cars. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, that's funny because that was my first home and uh, I am emotionally attached to some of these cars, but again, you know, at the right price, I would sell anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's not for sale is my wife and kids. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, but there may be a connection there. I don't know. I never thought about that. It's yeah. unbelievable that you have one yeah. of the greatest car collections on the planet and you were Thank once you. living in one, brother. You're, you are the American dream personified. And what Thank I love you. about it is like, you're just starting, like this is the beginning. Yeah, I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah, and I, I am I, so excited for the future. I could see it, yeah. you have this energy yeah. about you too. And you, you have this thing that you like, when you, I wanna smile. Yeah. Like you're like a <laughs> light, you. like you're yeah. a light. And, and it's interesting because of the business that you're in too, but everybody, he said another thing here I just wanna finish with too, and then I'll let you make one more comment. But he said something about recessions and I don't know when they are or how they happen, but a lot of you are listening to this thinking, man, I've missed my moment. No. And, the, and, and you haven't, right? Because no. the truth of the matter is, and I'll let you comment on this too, mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, is that actually what you, you're, it's really good for you right now that you haven't won because you might've had everything go backwards on you anyway. So the truth is if yep. you start to accumulate now, you could yep. magnify and multiply your wealth over the next many years, possibly if you do the right things uh, and a factor that you can't even believe because of what Manny has described here today. So life has not passed all these people by, correct? Correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you feel like if someone's listening to this right now mm -hmm. and they apply the things that you've talked about, there's no reason why their drawings yeah. can't come true in their it's, life. I don't wanna say it's guaranteed, but if, if you buy something low and sell it high, you're gonna make money. It's a fact, <laughs> right? And, and a lot of people say, oh, I can't afford the house, I have no money. Well, get a job, mm -hmm. go to a, walk into a lender, be available, Fargo, say, hey, I've had this job for two years, how much do I qualify? Mm. They'll pre-qualify you, they say, okay, you can borrow a $100,000 home loan, then you wait for recession, keep your job, don't quit. Mm -hmm. You wait for recession, if something drops from 100,000 to $65,000, go write an offer, you just bought a house, FHA loan, 3% down, I'm sure you have enough time to raise your 3% down payment, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's your first property, goes up, sell it, and you can buy, upgrade to a house, yeah. you know? I think from a house to fourplex, from fourplex to shopping center, shopping center to high rises, mm. from high rises to multiple high rises, you know? Wow, man. And then you can have your fun with the cash flow, buy a little bit cars, travel, give back, and you know, real estate is the basis of all wealth. You just described the life of this Iranian dude that I knew that immigrated to the country. No way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's a pretty good guy, too. Like, I like him, <laughs> Manny Clark, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> it was so good, man. I enjoyed today so much. Really? I, oh, oh, really? And I can't wait uh, for everybody to see this. I'm so excited oh, about it. Oh, so thank you. You've been like this mystery man on Instagram for so long, yeah. and now they've had this poke into your life. And, and, uh, and I'm so glad that I like you. You know, thank I'm you. so glad that like Feelings I like mutual. you. mutual. Thank you, bro. You're a very genuine, humble man yourselves. So are yeah. you, man. Yeah. Thank you. So everybody, I know you love today. And so I want to remind everybody, one of the coolest things happening on all social media is the two minute drill that I run on Instagram. And if you're not familiar with it, what it means is every day on Instagram, when I make a post in my main feed, if you make a comment within the first two minutes of that post, I pick a winner every day. And those winners get all kinds of cool things. Sometimes it's a coaching call. Would you do a 15 minute call with one winner? Sure, so, 100%. Awesome, so so they get coaching calls with guests on my show. Now Manny will do one with you. You can get one with me, you can max out gear, you get autographed copies of my book or Manny's book or other guest books. So it's awesome, just engage with me. I do it because I wanna know what you're thinking and what I can help you with and create content and bring the right guest on for you. Manny was highly requested guest is a perfect example of that. If you miss the first two minutes, still make a comment every day because we pick a winner at the end of the week of someone who just comments every day, regardless of the time. That's why I wanna engage with you and I wanna reward you too for being a part of the Max Out universe and community and I wanna thank Manny for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so My much, pleasure. God, man, that was awesome. Everybody, share this. If it's on audio, share with friends. If it's video, maybe go subscribe to the audio version or vice versa. Share this with people that you love and care about. God bless you and Max Out. This is the Ed Milet Show.